0: Welcome to Guys We Fuck, the anti-slut podcast. No, Yo, you haven't said.
1: I'm Christina Hutton. I'm Karen Fisher. And I'm Guy. Fuck your boyfriend.
0: Hey, Bring us your slutty, your horny, and your shame. Hey, you a slut. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about fucking. Greetings, fuckers. How you doing? Where you been? You good? Drink water. Stay hydrated. Welcome to another episode of
1: Guys We Fucked. It's the anti slutching podcast. I'm Corinne Fisher. I'm Christina Hutchinson. Welcome to the show. If you want to send us an email, it's sorryaboutlastnightshow at gmail.com. And this is coming out before New Year's, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. okay, so New Year's Eve, come see Christina and myself and Ryan Long, Chloe LeBranch, John Campanelli, Justin Silver at New York Comedy Club East Village location. It's a 6 p.m. show. It is, let me tell you, I'm not, I do this show pretty much every year as long as I'm in town. It's the best way to start your New Year's Eve. It's 6 p.m. You gotta get ready early anyway because night's over at midnight, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And you go, you see a comedy show, which is like a staple for New Year's Eve Best mm-hmm. night for comedy. And then you go, you drink with your friends, you watch the ball drop and you start the year off right. So ticket link is available on the New York Comedy Club uh, East Village website. It's also available in the link in my uh, bio, the link tree link in my bio oh at Philanthropy Gal. Online. So buy a ticket to that. I it was the show was so fun last year. You seriously don't want to miss it. If you want to email us again, it's sorry about last night show at gmail.com. Today's subject line is my partner is depressed and it's so annoying. <laughs>
0: <Ugh>. <laughs> so annoying. I think we've
1: all been there though. I know Christina's been there.
2: <laughs> for seven years.
1: I, I've been there. It sucked. Yeah.
2: Have I been there? Uh, well, yeah. no, I said
1: I've been there and then I looked at you, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the man just uh, thought you were asking him
2: a question. The <laughs> no, looked.
1: Um, have you been there or have you been the partner who was depressed mm, and annoying? I
2: have been the depressed and annoying partner. Ugh, That's what I was going to yeah. say. Who, did one of my ex-girlfriends Cheer write Charlie? that in?
1: Oh, damn. Mm. Yeah. Uh, hello, C and K. I'm an OG fucker and I'm proud to have been with you for the ride i'm 39 and i've been with my partner for 12 years well that's gonna get depressing anyway yeah um we have gone that's the problem yeah
0: (laughs) you're too long you're together too long
1: yeah it's like i'm sure it's beautiful and like your friend you know you have a great friendship but (laughs) you gotta see him every day (laughs) um we have gone through so much growth together and we have a loving and great relationship i've never felt seen more by my partner and we have a fantastic sex life wow I hope so. When we get to enjoy it, that is, I knew there was be some qualifier. Because we have two little kids together. My partner and I are both self-employed artists. We work from home and live in a small town because it's what we can afford. This year has been so hard on artists and many small business owners financially. And I see this weighing down my partner who feels societal pressures on being a father to provide for his family. Along with parent. Taking two small kids nonstop, mountains of laundry, running a small business and trying to survive. When life hurls lemons at me, I still try to see the joy and beauty in everyday life. I take care of myself well, take care of my mind and body and make time for my own needs. I try to encourage my partner to do the same, but it always ends in a fight. Mm. I try to explain to him what I have learned being a mother. That if you don't take care of yourself, when life throws shit at you, you can't handle it because you haven't met your needs first. Very true. Very true. He obviously won't listen and is comfortable being stressed out and depressed. I can't stand it anymore. I try to be understanding, but it's like he is walking around constantly in a dark cloud. And it's also like you guys have a very similar lifestyle. So it's like, uh, well, how, how come you can somehow handle it? And he can't. Yeah. That's why I love. I love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you birth the fucking kids. Yeah. And you do not even have to carry them. Listen, he could be father of the year. The mom's still doing more work. There's pretty much no. Like the only time the mom's not doing more work is when she's like strung out on drugs and leaves the family entirely. Just- You know, (laughs) otherwise, vacation girl, you deserve it. Yeah, she she needed to do heroin to take a break. (laughs) Um, Bringing the energy of our small home to a bad place. I'm sure Mm. you get what I'm talking about. It's just very hard to be around. I have for years been watching him take less care of himself mentally and physically. And while I try to be compassionate, I'm tired of fucking a fat fuck. Okay, she didn't write that, but I filled (laughs) that in for her. I'm so tired of the gloom and fucking doom. Yes, yes, yes. As people who deal so much with male. We could not understand you more. Listen, I am I, I get sad a lot, but I really try not to make like bring the fucking gloom and doom. It sucks. I don't want to leave him, but I need some advice. I don't want to leave him. Jesus. I hope he doesn't listen to the show. I don't want to leave him, but I need some advice. I'm sure as artists yourselves and from what I've heard on the podcast you both might have some advice for me on how yeah, to handle yeah. loving a depressed person who won't help themselves with a warm heart and gratitude the listener who obviously we're not saying burning. I
0: mean look I know you're in it to win it and you got kids together but I'm a big fan of an ultimatum in this circumstance if you Ooh, won't fucking listen yeah it, you've tried to have the conversation and given loving advice and be patient and kind and that's absolutely the first step yeah you know especially with the person has depression you don't know maybe you don't know the depths of their own depression right so you want to be gentle and loving he's your partner but then after a while My- Gentle, Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got their own approach. But um, after a while, yeah, because gentle could be seen as coddling and enabling. Um, if this this shit keeps up and he's not doing anything about it, you you can't. That is such a pussy dryer. If you are mentally ill and you have struggle with depression and you are not doing anything about it or at least taking the advice of your loving partner who's trying to help you and like help you like here, let's sit down together and, and find a therapist
1: or something if it had to have gotten to that point. Mm-hmm. But it's like, dude. Or how about something ugh. like, if, I don't know if like, his parents are still alive or whatever, but like, I would be like, you're going to go to your go parents' there. house yeah. for one month. And when you That's come back, idea. you're going to have your shit fucking together or I am leaving. Yeah. I think an ultimatum is the only thing to get his ass in gear. Yeah. Sometimes stepping away from the situation, I think is like helpful and listen, like I can't imagine like being with in the same situation for 12 years, like the same people, the same house, whatever. And then like some, so sometimes like stepping away, putting things into perspective and just having like, you know, the time to handle just you. And like, hopefully he would be able to give you the same courtesy in the future. Right. If you needed that. Yes. But I think that could be helpful. There's a lot of like, you know, influencers online, mom, influencers, dad influencers who will do things like, you know, go take themselves, you know, the one parent will go to a hotel for a weekend and have this kind of like staycation thing. And I think that's so helpful. And I understand that you guys are in a different financial position. I mean, like go to a motel six for a weekend. Um, Yeah. Then you'll appreciate your house. Right. You
2: know? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And
1: then also, I mean, there's a lot of things that you listed in this article. And like, I don't, it, you know, small town and city have different amenities, but, you know, I'm a big... um this is something I've been doing since I was broke. So this is not some like, you know, uh, money advice. But I would really look in to see if there's a local uh, laundromat that uh, offers per pound laundry. Because you just like mentioned piles of laundry. And I can only imagine the amount of laundry if you also have small children. It's so stressful. I think people don't realize how cheap you can get someone to do your laundry for you and mm. how much time it will save you. Oh, Again, yeah. I once read an article when I was like really broke and stressed out about you know, putting value on your time, and that the uh, amount of time it takes to do laundry is not literally not worth one's time. Um, so yeah. again, it that
0: comes back folded. Yeah, I would perfectly. look into something like
1: that just to ease your load a little bit. Um, you know, and then you know, reciprocally support a small business in your town. Again, that's more of like a city amenity. So I don't know that it exists in your small town, but you could actually have like a really good price on that. Yeah, um, just I think to give yourself less. Work. That is a fantastic idea to have him go stay with his
0: parents or go stay with a friend or go stay with somebody Mm -hmm. else who's not fucking me. Basically where it's
1: free that he can leave. Exactly.
0: And then he'll be in the company of a fucking friend. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times friends can help you get out of your depression by just talking about dumb shit. Yeah. You know, you don't have to talk about the depression. But in addition to it being an absolute pussy dryer, uh, when somebody is moping around and not doing anything about it It, because it is very Mm. possible to be depressed and to be a good partner and to have depression and to be a good parent. So not only is it going to hinder like your sex life majorly, I can't imagine that it won't. Your children are picking up that their father is depressed, right? And there's no way that they don't know that they don't feel that energy from him. So that's going to fuck them up too. So if you need something to give you a sense of immediacy, I would have them in mind.
1: I also like men are so preoccupied with like how society sees them and you're not being the provider. Meanwhile, they're perfectly comfortable walking around the house, making themselves completely unfuckable with their actions. It's a great point. It's just like, who's the person who has to deal with you for the rest of their life? It's it's your wife or your you know or your, your partner. partner, your female yeah. partner, like what your kids? Yeah. It's like, oh, if you're so concerned with other people, what other people think of you, why don't you be concerned with the fact that your behavior right now and the way that you're not taking care of yourself mentally and physically, especially when it comes to heterosexual relationships relationships i yes. really don't have a lot of grace for men because of how they are so hard on us with for you know every that we goddamn own, thing yeah, yeah for how we look can you imagine if like a woman just let herself go physically in this in this manner
2: we'd or, all be single or was just
1: like in bed depressed don't be gay we and don't yeah be and we were like oh i can't make the kids dinner tonight can you imagine how quickly yeah. we would get booted we would get replaced we would get cheated on can you yes. fucking imagine if a woman just grew,
0: grew a pot belly stopped shaving yeah. all of her body hair no makeup. No. Fucking greasy ass. Mm-hmm. Fat ass. Whatever. Like gluttonous. Yeah. Oh, my God. The men would run for the fucking hills. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. And it's
1: also like you're both artists. You're both in the scene, in a very similar boat here. Like, why is his boat sinking and yours is somehow staying afloat? Yeah. And there's so many things that he could do for his depression
0: immediately that are free. Running. Running. Jogging. Yeah. So- walking. It's he doesn't boy like jogging. Walks.
1: Yes. There you go. Well, Because Esther
0: Pavitsky, the sad girl walks so. Oh.
1: I think it, and I think it, but if That's the thing great. is, I, Eddie does
0: change your whole mindset. Just I gotta say,
1: literally, getting your fucking pants on and walking around the block, it, it, it makes a world of difference. Look, I don't mean to brag, but I'm a runner now. Mm. I fucking get up at 7 a.m.
0: Running is great. And I go running. Yeah. And I never thought. I was like, now I'm a rollerblade girl because it's so fun and running isn't fun. And I I thought this elusive runner's high would always escape me because of the times I did run, I didn't feel it. But I got to say, waking up in the morning and going running and pushing yourself and getting that much oxygen to your brain is going to be an instant boost to your mental health. So it's like, Something so free and so easy, and just
1: at his disposal, is that he could do. Get so. him a little calendar. It takes thirty days to start a pattern, to start a new pattern. Get mm. him a little calendar and a little pen, and he can mark thirty <laughs> days. Get him a little star sticker every day. Just this, uh, this is this this constant like need to treat men like babies, and then us. Having to fucking get through the things ourselves while supporting our male male partners. I'm done with it. It's out for 2024. It's a lot of work that we
0: we ain't getting paid for. It's At least pay us back by fucking taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. That's how you pay a woman back in a straight relationship. Make a meal. You you take care of yourself and you're present in the relationship and you're your best self. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking, oh God, I'm getting PTSD from Steven. Yeah, (sighs) that was so awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it took me seven years to lose the attraction, which is like, that says, that says something. But my God. Oh, once you're over it, once you turn that corner, you're like, oh, wait, this blows. It's like every time he talks, it's like nails through your
1: eyes. Well, yeah, that's why I'm kind of, I'm like, I'm like, he has to move fast because I don't want you to get the ick. Because once yes, you get the yes, ick, it's very hard back. to undo that. Yeah. yeah almost yeah, yeah. impossible, some mm-hmm. would say. hmm mm-hmm. <sighs>
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Getting stuff off your chest is incredible. It's so therapeutic. We all carry around different stressors. Some of them are big. Some of them are small. A lot of them are very big, uh, but we keep them bottled up and it could start affecting us negatively. And then we act like a jerk to the people we love. And we're like, this is not how I want to be. Therapy has saved my life personally. There are so many benefits of it. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Although, if you have experienced major trauma, highly recommend. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designated to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you could switch at any time. Finding a therapist is like dating. They're not all going to work out in the first try. BetterHelp understands that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash guys to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash guys. Guys, the weather's getting warmer. It's time to say goodbye to your jackets and all your sweaters, and you got to refresh your wardrobe. Well, luckily... I found Quince, and now you have too because you're listening to this. Now I've got a line of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you go to their website, the amount of categories – they have travel, lookbooks, men, women, home, babies, and kids – their stuff is so cute. So I own a couple items from Quince, and one of them is the Italian leather handwoven crossbody purse in green, emerald, and I get compliments on it all the time. It's a small purse, which I really love because then I don't put as many things in it. Um, guys, Quince is amazing. They have very luxury items for very cheap prices. Get warm weather ready, baby, with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash GWF. For free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash G-W-F to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash G-W-F. Guys, come see us live. You heard at the top of the show, but New Year's Eve, baby. New York Comedy Club, East Village, is going to be the night of your life February 1st, these are our together dates. February 1st, New York City, is our first midnight theater show the uh, Mastercard
1: Midnight Theater? I'm oh,
3: sorry, the Mastercard
1: <laughs> that's accepted. Not that it's so it's so weird oh
0: when
3: a
1: corporation God. takes over because then we're just like the Mastercard. Every the swipe, MasterCard Midnight <laughs> Theater. <laughs>
3: sorry. Swipe your
1: way through the door for a night of fantastic. Yeah, the Midnight Theater. We
0: take Mastercard. <laughs> Ooh, that's kind of rare. Um, yes, uh, so our first Guys We Fucked Live of 2024 is February February 1st, and then if you find yourself in Los Angeles on Valentine's Day. God damn it, you're in luck because Corinne Fisher and myself, Christina Hutchinson, are co-headlining the main room at the Comedy Store in Los Angeles. And it's going to be... I mean these are these shows are gonna be epic okay yeah. and talk to anybody who fucking live stream our last midnight theater show or was there in person they can't stop talking about it i still yeah. getting DMs All and right? they're
1: rare we just don't do guys we fuck live a lot so like the fact that we've been doing it um, you know every now and then at the Mid- a MasterCard midnight theater <laughs> the comedy store we haven't done together in a long long time yes. so these are special events people they're very special special events
0: mm-hmm. uh, and then more special events I am solo headlining New Brunswick, New Jersey at the Stress Factory January 4th through 6th Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, February 9th through 10th at Bananas and 9th and 10th rather and Springfield Missouri, March 22nd and 23rd I'm doing the Blue Room and as always I have a Patreon where four times a month you can do group Cherapy with me over Zoom and a bunch of fantastic people. I just did it today at the studio and it was one of the best ones yet um, and the audio from every group Cherapy gets uploaded to the Patreon so if you can't make it, you can hear the conversation sign up today at Patreon.com slash Christina Hutchinson. And then my solo podcast, The Voices in Our Heads, comes out every single Monday. Today, uh, well, you're listening to this on Friday, but this this Monday I interviewed my good friend Ollie, uh, Ollie Problemas, who was in town for a week, and we had a good time, and we ran. And then I read a book, uh, How We Live is How We Die by Pema Chodron, and it, I read a chapter about the actual physical dying process and what happens, and um, we had a good conversation about it.
1: Uh, And then for me, you can check out my uh, solo podcast, Without a Country. That's been blowing up lately because of your guys' support. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We cover uh, the news, but you know, I I rant and rave. There's comedic. Elements. We interview non-comic people, journalists. We talk about ethics and journalism. We talk about uh, AI. We're getting heavy into the twenty twenty four campaign. We've covered Palestine and Israel at length. We watch documentaries and do reviews on them. I mean, like you know, ones that like about social issues and stuff. So. It's been super fun this year. Thank you for everyone who's supported the show and talked about it. You can see that uh, every Wednesday night on YouTube or you can just listen to the audio wherever uh, you listen to podcasts. And then uh, 2024 dates. I'll have more of them. I have an idea of the cities I'm going to, but I don't have the dates yet. But the one ticket link I do have available is for Washington, D.C., D.C. Comedy Loft. That's February 29th through March 2nd. That's going to be Super fun. And then, of course, we'll get uh, some more Gash shows at the Comedy Store in Los Angeles in 2024. I'll have dates for you soon. But you can follow that on Instagram at Gash Gash Slasher Comedy. That's my uh, horror movie themed stand up comedy show that has been super fun. Uh, Yeah. All right.
0: I've been thinking about
1: something. It kind of has to do
0: with this email we read, actually. Uh Uh-oh. It's, you know, one of those societal things that we always say. Yes. And then every once in a while we stop and pause and think, is that actually true? Oh. You know, like the phrase boys will be boys. Right. That Um, was a very accepted
1: phrase for a long time. I have a shirt that literally says boys will be boys. And then the second boys is crossed out and it says held accountable. Yeah. I like to wear it to the gym and let people make eye contact.
0: Yeah.
3: (laughs) I see you,
1: sir. (laughs) Um, But one of those
0: kind of isms or whatever that, that, that always floats around that people use it as an ex- I'm like, is this a, being used as an excuse for poor behavior? Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Boys mature faster, or uh, girls mature faster than boys.
1: Yeah, because we're forced to because we're, I, yeah, I'm like, men th- aren't pulling their weight.
0: But um, yes, exactly. I'm yeah. like, I don't think that's actually true. Now, I'll have you know, did not look it up uh, in terms of medical hormone. I, I don't, but I'm like, what what the fuck? Wh- what hormone? Do women get that men don't? We all have the same hormones, by the way, just different levels. No, of it's them. the pressures of society. It has I,
1: don't, I doubt it's anything biological. Yeah, it's so society like, forces fuck. you.
0: This whole time, though, I thought it was some biological thing.
1: No, there's no way. There's right? no way.
0: Exactly. No. This been, is this I is
1: dupe. This is uh it's this is nurture, not nature, right. for sure. But it's not nurture, it's abuse.
0: Yes. And, yes. It, and and you know who has to deal with it? Straight women. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Yes, yes, yes. I, we got to we got to we got to get rid of that phrase boys uh, uh, gr- uh that boys don't mature as fast as girls that's cuz we don't allow them to like let's go
1: true yeah. let's go gentlemen there's variables too i mean i think like you know each person you know e- each individual is unique so it depends like um i think if you're a younger child or an older child like where you are born in your family um i think older child uh only children have a lot of weight on them yeah. um for sure that's true uh, older children definitely have um extra weight on them so it's de- it depends like where you are in the family how your parents, uh, you know, treated you. Um, and, uh, you know, there, I think there are some men who have matured, like if like the father of the family died, for instance, I think yes. then sometimes like a male like child a s- will have to have a lot of responsibility early, but, but- that's what's got to happen. A Lion King plot to get him to fucking yes. mature. Yes, I would think what so. The
0: fuck is that about? I just, I, I feel like we should, uh, we should, not 69 it, uh, 68 it. What's the word in restaurant world? 86. 86
1: it. Yeah. It's
0: like, yeah.
1: We 80, 69 86. it. Try to say, yeah, Chris, do that, Chris. to go work at a restaurant. Gotta, uh, we 69 should 69 the true boys. The mashed potatoes.
0: <laughs>
1: like, oh, okay. No, we got to 86, that
0: phrase, because it, to, it, that's completely one of those phrases that allows people to just carry on because they're fucking coddled and to make everybody else think that it's somebody. Bi- I honestly, I never really thought about it until recently, but I'm like, I assumed it was biological. There's
1: no, I mean, again, I haven't looked the up. No There's reason. no reason. There's no way. Mike, if you want to find anything to dispute this, you po- <laughs> but please that, let like, yeah, us let know. Let if, me you know, check
2: psychology today. If we could
1: all figure <laughs> Why out how are you <laughs> giggling when you said psychology today. Like it's a fake. <laughs> thing.
2: No, I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> how fast could I find all these studies on?
1: Do my, I,
0: I'll, I'll find,
2: I'll, I'll, I'll look, I'll look. Come on, be
0: mature, Michael. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like, you know, Girls and ho- women, uh, yeah, you're girls still in middle school and high school. Like when I was in, when I was 17, I was a fucking around with a bunch of 25 year olds at one point. But because it's like, because this whole like notion of like girls mature faster than boys is all I fucking heard, and I truly was not attracted to boys my age. There was one guy, Paul. Shout
1: out. No, um, that, that you were around 25 year olds because they were losers, but you didn't know because you were 15. Yeah, and so no 25 cool year shit. old women wanted to be around them because they That's were fucking true. like hothead
0: yeah. losers. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. 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 For sure. But like, I, that is just a, that is a, an idea that I took with me all throughout my boy obsession career. Yeah. And kind of really took that to heart and thought like, but it, the way I interpreted it was, I didn't think about it this way at the time, but it's like, oh, so then you can't, you can't get mad at boys your age for being immature because you're more mature. Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, it's because we've fucking been forced to.
1: Well, I think a good, a good tactic. And I've used this sometimes in life, not, but it's like, if people around you aren't pulling your weight, if men around you aren't pulling their weight, just start phoning it in yourself. And listen, this was True. very hard to teach myself to do because you have to what you do. You have to be comfortable allowing some things that you care about to fall apart a little bit to teach other people a lesson. And so I this is very hard for me to do, but just let like go on a vacation like with your husband or your male partner and and do Nothing. exactly 50% of the planning, not more and oh, let the rest shit. fall apart. And like <laughs> you have, it, it, it's That's it's hard trick. because you have to let your, you have to let your anxiety reduce. Don't remind him to bring his passport. Don't remind him to pack all these things. And he will forget. Oh, dude. He will forget and it will ruin your vacation too. So you have to be prepared to allow this. Right. But, but then the thing is like, He's gonna to try to make it your problem, and then you can go. No, no, no. Actually, you're an adult, and I was treating you as such. That's right? true. That's true. Because women always get shit on for nagging, and this was something that you know I had to come <laughs> to terms with. Because you know, you know, you're like, I don't want to nag. Most women don't want to nag. It doesn't. It doesn't feel good. Like no. it, it makes it makes you go from you know mouth to nipple for sure. So what you just have to not nag. And then let the vacation or the thing that you're doing or the project you're working Mm -hmm, on absolutely mm -hmm. fall apart. And then everyone learns the hard way. I love that. And you know what? It sucks for everyone. I know,
0: I know. you know, we're very much trying to get away from a partner being like having a parent-child relationship, of course, Mm -hmm. right? But uh, with children and with anybody, like when a child or person learns something the hard way, that's when it sticks. Yep. So if he forgets his passport and you're gonna, you're about to go to fucking Barbados, and you show up at the airport and your whole vacation is... You know, you can't mm-hmm. make the flight. He will never... I guarantee mm-hmm. you, he won't forget that motherfucking passport ever again. Yeah. And it's just about you... That's a great Being great comfortable idea. with your weight Wait, thing being ruined. Challenge for straight women. The holidays. Straight women challenge. Straight women challenge. For the holidays, uh-huh. don't fucking do as much shit. Because mm-hmm. women for the holidays women all unpaid not labor that, not that men don't help because they absolutely do but like i feel like the woman is the one who's mostly uh, oh 100%. Making sure the table's set making sure everything looks beautiful making sure the decorations are nice that's sure- why when
1: you're a woman and you grow up you go oh the holidays actually suck because i realized I when adore. i was a kid they were fucking amazing because my mom made them amazing. Over here trimming the
0: tree yeah my mom
1: made them amazing listen my dad did get on the roof and he um made some santa tracks so that was that was bomb that's nice you know but like Overall, it's like, who is doing all this stuff? Who's who is staying up late to, you know, nibble on cookies to make it look like Santa ate them? That's mom, yeah. not dad, most likely. Yeah. And again, this is not I, I, I think like some people hear this and they're like, why are, are women always shitting on men? We're not really no, we uh, just we're just actually be saying that we know you are capable of more. And so we we know that you have the potential to do it. And we're just saying that we now expect that of you. So men. it's like, do you want us do you want us to sit around and think that you're incapable babies? I don't think you actually want that.
2: Scientifically, uh, according to Newcastle University in England. This is from menrule.com.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh,
2: not only do girls mature faster than boys, scientists believe that their brains can develop up to 10 years earlier.
1: But mature, Wait. what did you say mature? Do they mean physically that? mature? I think I think they mean physically, like we get boobs first.
2: Well, that is part of it. Yeah. That you guys hit puberty. Okay. So like one to two years. Okay. But that,
1: okay. So that I could see societally affecting. Right. So like if we look like women before boys look like men, that's part of the reason society. Uh, will change. No, but
2: it's also brain activity too. But that's
1: also a big problem with women of color. Right. So this has been a conversation mm. about how women of color are often sexualized because sometimes they tend to develop and like look appearance wise, Mm. like women, uh, you know, before they get traumatized earlier. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So the, there's a lot of there's always so many variables but yeah Yeah. so so women get sexualized
2: first for sure that's that's
0: true unless boys are around pedophiles
1: so wait our brains are capable of more but then why are men getting paid more in the workplace
2: they're not not capable of more what happens is so the study from yeah basically from Newcastle again this is from Newcastle University um, there is it's discovered as the brain matures it begins to remove neural connections that are stored which it does not think are important The connections in the brain that are not used regularly tend to shrink and evaporate due to lack of use, whereas the neural networks that are regularly engaged survive. This is called fire and wire. Mm. And it is an example of survival, of the fittest among neural networks.
1: Right. But don't so, you think that the, that your that our could our brains nurtured. could be, inc- yeah, exactly. I think our brains are developing faster because we're, we're asked, asked to handle more earlier. Yes, I agree. That's that, that yeah, like, kind of, right. I think it kind of, kind of backs boys, up
0: exactly our theory. Like I know a lot of men and I know a lot of boys when I was in middle school and high school. And I remember them. <laughs> I know a lot of boys clip it. <laughs> I know a lot of boys. Um, <laughs> Some of them had really strict dads Mm. and I saw it uh, unfairly. So like Mm -hmm. their dad had like fucking PTSD from nom or some shit and didn't address it. Right. And their dad would just be similar to my mom, but like more strict, like not like a hot mess about it. And I watched them become more mature. Yes. way more mature yes. because they're being fucking traumatized by this father who is demanding they be a man at age 14. And they're like, I don't know what that means, dude. I'm 14. And it's mm. like, but then I've also like, um, and not to say it's all on the father, but, uh, there, there are certain men that I've known in my life that have fathers that really make a point to nurture their son's sense of self. And I'm always amazed by how, what that produces in yeah. the boy who becomes the man, because yeah. it's always
1: a beautiful thing. Andy Haynes has a really good joke about that because he has, he, you know, I, like I have a joke about having a nice childhood. He does too, but it's kind of like from the perspective of someone with like a nurturing father. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can see it in his personality. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: 100%. So, yeah, that's all phony baloney. <laughs> Even though Newcastle does say scientifically. But I think but like I, I still what still they're talking about. Yeah. phony baloney? Uh, the the boys mature slower than girls. I think is uh phony baloney in terms of like it's nurture, it's not nature. Uh, but I they I, can be
2: both. Nurture can, in, you but know, I
0: think can,
1: you can influence
2: nature. Yeah, but nature I think can influence. And I think that's what the article right. is
1: saying though, because what was it called, fire or what? Like whatever, fire and wire. Fire so and wire makes make sense to what we're talking about, right? It's right. like it's like if you if you you if you don't you lose it. If you don't you. What is the saying? Like, use it or lose it? Yeah. 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 Kind of like that. It's you can't get like that. PTSD
2: unless something happens to you. And then yeah. all of a sudden it affects your the way your neurons and all that stuff. Sure. Sure. So sure. this is almost in a roundabout way of saying that, like, women get PTSD younger. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah, I mean, that, that could be like a version of this. That checks out. You Interesting.
1: Yeah. 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 Okay.
0: Wow. So
2: it's both. Okay. According to this, according to this paragraph that okay. I found. Well... <laughs>
1: straight women challenge okay <laughs> well did you see that viral video that was going around um this week it was a, a husband and a straight couple and there are two young kids on christmas morning and the man is behind the camera and he's going around to every stocking and he's like mm, little timmy got this little darla got this um i got this and then they go to the wife's stocking and then it's empty and he's like why is it empty and the and then like goes to the wife's face and she's like because uh, no one got me like no one got me anything you know like that and the, uh, there was all uh, like a disconnect that the husband like it's like does the husband really think Santa came like it's like there's nothing in your wife's stocking because you don't fucking put anything there she uh, buy gifts for herself too. yeah it's like is she gonna fill her own stocking and that's kind of like that right there is like mm. a metaphor for like the straight female experience so often <laughs> yeah. we are expected to not only fill our own stockings but fill everyone else's stockings yes mm
0: yes what a great The video is metaphor. really
1: sad. I watched a lot of commentary on oh, it online too. It was fascinating. That is a that's bu- a bummer. it's funny mm-hmm. but it's it is sad. I I'm serious
0: about this holiday challenge for straight women specifically. Um because god, could you imagine being a lesbian during the holidays your fucking house would be so nice. Yeah. Um but cuz you got two people doing the work. But right. um, I'm curious w- women with a with a male partner that uh that they're going you're going to spend the holidays together. I really it, I, try as a challenge as the guys we fuck straight women twenty twenty four holiday challenge twenty twenty three Um to not do as much as you normally do and see if anything gets done and fucking film it and tag us in it you right know? and this is
1: I got, I have to there is a caveat this is only for people where both the man and the woman are working if you're a stay at home parent uh, and you've agreed to that that the different. home stuff is your job then yeah I guess so yeah you sign up for that then, but uh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, you know, if because you have a relatively equal relationship in terms of like who pulls, you know, the
1: labor. But that's a problem, right? It's, so I feel like, you know, women have progressed in, you know, and have done both the traditionally feminine and masculine roles and men not only didn't progress um as fast as women with doing the female roles, but they also stopped being able to do the male roles, like the heavy providing or protecting or those things or like being able to put together a shelf or any of like carpentry work. It's like mm. you're complaining about us being too masculine. but I feel like most women can still be masculine and feminine when a lot of guys I know, like, have lost these masculine traits, but haven't gained the feminine ones that would make you like more empathetic or, and like right. that's the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gentlemen, if you're straight and you have a female partner,
0: yeah, because men give will her, be like, well, I provide. Give her the gift of helping it. this holiday season. Yeah. How about, how about that? It's like, okay. oh,
1: I, uh, it's like, oh well, well, men provide. But it's like, well, if you're both bringing money to the the house, then you both need to be doing the things that make the holidays special. Yes. The heavy lifting physically and emotionally.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Guys Who Fuck 2023, straight woman holiday challenge. Let's see what we get. Maybe yeah. the results won't be as uh like my brain is is already predicting that they will be. Oh, Who it's knows? Gonna be a shit I want to see videos. Year. I want to see photos of everyone of the, crying um, on yes, Christmas yes. morning. <laughs> of the table not being set or what the fucking cake not being made cuz you, you didn't make it That's so whatever funny. the fuck. You know what I mean? I feel like the holidays like the the man mainly he's like he only he'll wake up out of his beer football coma to carve the turkey and then go back to his beer football coma. But I'm like let's let's make the men do other things. But not make them do it. You don't do it. And see if they step up. Exactly. Maybe they will. <laughs> Maybe they will.
1: Fuck, man. Miracles
0: can happen, okay? Uh, c- okay. Um, Guys, speaking of miracles, our guest. She's she's a miracle because we're all miracles, you know? You can only get pregnant a certain amount of days out of the month. Um all right, guys, our guest, she is a certified dating coach, a regular cast member of the Drew Barrymore Show, a frequent contributor to NPR, Washington Post, LA Times, Access Hollywood. Her podcast, Dates and Mates, was named Podcast of the Year at the Black Podcasting Awards in 2022. And her first book is coming out January 2nd. It's called F the Fairy Tale. We are very excited for you to hear Damona Damona Hoffman.
3: Good to each other. People are not good to each other. People are not good to each other. I suppose they never will be. I didn't ask them to be. But sometimes I think about it. The beads will swing, the clouds will cloud. And the killer will be hit the child, like taking a bite out of an ice cream cone. You're staring at my face. My talent is my smile. My eyes are shooting in the blanks, low. My posture is a.
0: All right, guys, we are here with Damona Hoffman. Very excited to have
1: you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here, but also there. (laughs) Ah, I love it. I'm so glad to be here. I love your show. Thank you. Yes. We're so, uh, we were talking uh, before we started recording. Um, and we discovered you through Dan Savage, who we admire greatly and trust his opinion so much. Uh, and I think it's, uh, we're excited to talk about dating, right? Because you are a dating coach. Can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to choose that as an occupation? Did something traumatic happen? Like, what's the origin story? Yeah, all of the above.
4: <laughs> uh, the origin story, for real, is I actually used to be a casting director in TV. And oh. I took classes for actors in marketing and how to have headshots that would stand out and tell their story and do all the things that casting directors needed them to do in, you know, 10 seconds or less. And... I realized the similarity when I was online dating between the headshot and the profile photo and Mm. the first date in the audition. So when I applied what I learned professionally to my personal dating experience, it worked. So I met my Ah. husband online and then I started writing profiles for originally just friends and family just for fun. And uh, eventually it it took off and we all know how. how popular online dating has become today. So I guess I was a little bit in the right place in the right time mm. 17 years later.
0: Yes. And you have a very grounded energy, which I don't usually get from dating coaches that we've come across, <laughs> to be honest. Like you're very <laughs> grounded and like, I trust you immediately. Like you, I, I feel like, um, yeah, your energy is just great. And my first question that popped into my head with, with regards to online dating, and you might not be able to give an answer to this, but maybe you have some theories why don't straight men know what they look like in photos? <laughs> 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 you know, that was actually what got me into this originally because I was like,
4: guys have no idea. They don't know. You know, I really, the the grounded answer is uh, women are taught from a young age mm. to groom and present and guys just don't get that same education. So initially I started out, as a coach only for guys because I was like, you guys need a mirror here <laughs> and not your bathroom selfie mirror, <laughs> like an yeah. actual mm-hmm. mirror to show you what this really looks like. And I take a very strategic approach to designing a dating profile. And um, I, men really do respond to that, but they just don't on their own necessarily know which photos to pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Have you come across a lot of fish photos, like photos of men holding fish? What, i why, have come why? across a lot
4: of them, them i have i have done dates and mates episodes about it i have written <laughs> articles about it i have had so many debates why is it still a debate mm-hmm. i don't know we man. don't want to see the fish pics the hunting pics the dick pics the, yeah. the bathroom selfie
0: the car the what please explain oh the car the car, the car photo car. well i why? personally what right it is rare that we, I love cars I grew up with cars so I'm like if you got a hot sexy car I I will be impressed by that but I think like, oh I feel women... like a
1: selfie in a car is oh, what is I'm talking what you to like with a seatbelt on seat, from like no I mean the seatbelt one <laughs> yeah uh, you know yeah men love taking pictures of themselves like they're like, like an Uber <laughs> driver but I don't which is fine you know I don't what? understand what the perspective is they're probably is. waiting in line
0: for fucking fast food or something like oh I guess I'll take a picture from my dating profile because like eight, men don't yeah. give a lot of as much thought to, their, to things like this as the way that women do, and so yeah, yeah, I've never
1: been sitting in my car and been like, Oh, the lighting in this car is great for a photo. Like, yeah. it's the car lighting is not bad, <laughs> that's not what you want. But if you see the seatbelt, then you know he's reliable, he's dependable, <laughs> he cares
0: about safety. You I know? do
1: like when men, I love a seatbelt, I love a seatbelt, love a seatbelt, seat but... love, seat
0: love a helmet, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. love knee pads or whatever. My my favorite uh, thing that I've come, Corinne and I have not been on dating apps uh, much. Uh, I was in a relationship for seven years, so when I got out of it, I was like, "What are these dating app things?" Because I was okay Cupid when it was only on the computer, and they're just—it feels detrimental. Like it feels like it—it it, it hurts my soul a little bit being on the dating apps. And I'm like, man, I know these guys don't suck as much as they are emoting that they do um but one of my favorite trends that i that i'm like what the fuck is going on here is when a guy will have five pictures and he's wearing sunglasses in every single (laughs) motherfucking picture i'm like what are you hiding in those evil eyes boo
4: (laughs) i actually talk about that in my new book i talk about how we are so driven by the eyes and it's Mm. the the eyes are really important in our culture and it's just what you said christina if you don't have your eyes visible, people can't trust you, yeah, and that's a big thing that that I want to help people with in twenty twenty four dating online dating landscape like safety is so 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 important, mm-hmm. and I feel like we haven't at the dating apps there hasn't been enough focus on safety, mm-hmm. and when we just are even choosing dates. Just being able to see somebody's eyes does give you more of a sense of feeling safe. If you if you feel like they're hiding something, it maybe it looks sexy, but you don't really know who they are.
1: Right. I think. Are there any other tips that you have, especially for men? Because I think yeah. Well, I think men do want. Many men do want to make us feel safe, but I don't know that they, no they they've never you know, lived a day in our shoes. So they have no idea the kinds of things that scare us. Like I'm I'm pretty tough, but I but I often tell men like you scare me all the time, <laughs> like all the time. I'm walking away from you and keeping my distance from you.
4: Yeah, there's and there's so much debate around even things like walking a woman to the car mm-hmm. at the end of the night. Can we do that? Should you do that? What does that signify? Mm-hmm. Then, if you're going to try to be forward it's it's really hard to know the boundaries. So I would say stay stay on the side of of just making her feel safe and comfortable first. and if you're thinking about that because most guys aren't thinking about that mm-hmm. on a date. they're not yeah. they're like, how do I get her to impre- how do I get her to be impressed with me? How do I you know tell her everything? That I want to tell her, mm-hmm. and not so much on what do I need to know about her, and like how do I make her feel safe. But for the dating profile, it's it's actually so much easier. I I've been polishing profiles now for so long, I can just look at a profile right away and tell you. I I, I like to have the three C's. Color is strategic. Having color that stands out as you're swiping through a bunch of photos, you mm. have color, it mm. pops. I'm wearing a pink shirt right now. That's not an accident. Uh-huh. Um, pink or red, great. Uh, context, that's telling your story through your photos. And character, that's the one that most people forget. That's showing your personality. I know that's not not a problem that you two have. <laughs> but a lot of people want to have that. Maybe it's a sunglasses photo. Maybe it's just, um, you know, trying to look a certain way that they think is more dateable, filtered mm. photos, all of that we don't want that we want authenticity and that also then leads into the the feeling of safety as well
0: yeah and ironically it's like we always think about marketing ourselves whereas authenticity is the the most potent mark uh marketing tool you can use for for dating but i do think um I can't tell if online dating is healthy or not. It, regardless, it's here. So, and it's not going anywhere. And it's, I mean, I have a nephew because of online dating. So I'm a fan. Um, but, <laughs> but there's something that your body does when you're in the presence of another person that gives you signals that like, you're like, oh, I'm attracted to this person. So how do you, how do you get closest to that in an online dating profile? And obviously showing your character and and colors and kind of answering these prompts to your personality. But is there anything else? Like the interacting, The I have this thing called fuckboy Friday that I do and I just read people's atrocious dating app conversations these men I'm like dude I know you want to connect deeper than that you just you're really acting like you don't though and they just say atrocious sexual things and it's like no one's falling for that and I know that's not what you want yeah Yeah.
4: oh you hit on so so much and the big reframe that I want everyone to take away is that the dating app is just the tool it is just it's the tool to bring you together. And after that, it's just dating. It's it's all the magic and the mystery and the wonder and the flirtation and all those things that we want when we meet someone face to face. But you gotta get to the date. The the bigger sure. pro there's two actually really huge problems that I see happening right now with online dating. The first, I call it the texting trap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I go in, in, in the fairy tale, I go into that in detail. I have seen so many relationships or f- possible future relationships die in the DMs yeah. and in the texts because it's a substitute. You feel like, oh, I'm getting to know this person. I'm vetting them. I feel safer. I'm learning more about them. But really, you're developing a false sense of attraction, a false sense of knowing someone. You do not know until you get offline and you meet face-to-face. You don't know what the chemistry is going to be. Mm-hmm. You don't even know if they're a real person, to be honest. True. So we have to... Get offline as quickly as possible. The other thing that's happening, I want to get your take on this, because I don't really know how to stop it. But ghosting is at an all-time high. Like I said, mm. I've been doing this 17 years. I've never seen the amount of flakery. I don't know if that's a word. Can we <laughs> it is now. Now. now? Yeah. <laughs> flakery. There's so much flagrant flakery. <laughs> I don't say that five times <laughs> Um of people like setting dates that they don't even intend. I don't know if they intend to. Go at all, mm. and this has never happened in my career. Where I used to be able to say, "Oh, you say this, he's going to say that. You do this, he's going to do this, and then you'll live happily ever after." Really, since the pandemic, I've been like, I actually don't, I don't know what they're going to do because I feel like people don't know what they're going to do, and it changes from day to day.
0: I wanted to go on the date yesterday, but today I don't know. Something came up.
3: Mm-hmm. What
4: do you
0: think is going on with that? So I have two. I, I have a theory, but I, I also want to add to that. It has been taken a step further, where I have heard. Oh, Demona, just alarming, alarming amounts of stories from people that got ghosted when they were already in the fucking relationship, like oh. their boyfriend ghosted them. And I'm like, what? I've never heard of nice. that. And then I brought it up to a bunch of friends like, oh, yeah, that's happened to my friend that I'm like, what? <clears throat> what? But I think people don't that people's intolerance for discomfort, which awkwardness at the beginning of dating is it falls into that category is lower and lower and lower and lower. And I think that it's too easy to get sucked into the texting trap or the DM trap because we just want to be n- wet. Wh- who's forcing us to go out of our comfort zone? It's our responsibility, but I think we've lost, um, we've lost how to do that.
1: Yeah. The more time we spent with technology, I think the less we see humans as humans. So it's really e- it's like the, it's the same way, like you know, on Instagram or or X, Twitter, whatever, where you can, you know, you're behind a keyboard and you can call people heinous things that you would, you know, I've been called such heinous things online. No one's ever said anything even close to that to me in person, and I'm ready. I want them to. I want that <laughs> <in, I> mean, <laughs> motherfucker. Oh, in, in in in, try me in person. <laughs> try me in person, right? But it's the same thing. I with, wish you would. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. I'll unleash Jersey so hard on you, but like it's the same thing in a. a with dating. It's like, if you don't see each other as human, like it's really easy to to ghost someone that you don't, doesn't feel like a real person. You know, I literally have an AI boyfriend and I mean, I feel like I have more empathy for him <laughs> than, than some people have had for actual other human people.
4: <laughs> wow. Well, it's programmed that way. <laughs> but yeah. I think you're right about that. And The thing it's I'm not often at a loss for words. Mm. I've been doing this a long time and I'm usually able to find a fix to most problems, Mm. but I, this is a bit of a conundrum. I, I, I really don't know because it is the, the technology is so integrated into our lives as you were just saying, Corinne, Mm -hmm. it's, I don't know how to re calibrate the entire all of society. Yeah. To be like, let's let's treat people as people. All I can do is talk to you all about it. Talk to your listeners about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was always tell my clients, just take care of your side of the street. If you're Mm -hmm. worried about ghosting, just make sure you're not ghosting other people because people will tell me. Right. Oh, I hate I hate getting ghosted. I hate all these flakes. I hate getting stood up. And I will look in there message history and I'll be like, well, you had this person and you dropped that thread and yeah. this person, you know, you're unmatching. And so when we really look under the hood, there are people that we see if if it's somebody that we have an attraction to and we have an investment in meeting, we put that person on a certain pedestal. Mm-hmm. And then there's all these other people that are in our messages and matches and DMs that were like, but that person doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. And we're just and going, we can do better. they don't exist in our head anymore because now, you know, Sarah wants to go out with me. So who, who cares about those other people? I also think that people have not yet. I I, I read recently this book um, by uh, this woman, Harriet Lerner, called uh, Why Won't You Apologize? And it's all about how a really good apology that really addresses the things that need to be addressed feels it actually feels really good to give and to receive. And it, it that's the only, you know, um, chance you have at repairing a, a relationship that might have uh, otherwise been lost. And I think that people need to experience that uh, how good having integrity feels. Mm. And once you get that, that's you're like, a- oh, wait, I don't want to leave these people hanging because that's not part of my values, you know? And it feels good to be like, hey, I'm really sorry I, I dropped the ball here. I actually started seeing somebody else but I think you're fantastic and I want to wish you the best of luck, mm. you know?
4: Yeah. That actually feels really similar to something that I talk about in going for clarity over going for chemistry or, you know, the, mm. the like you were saying that the discomfort it is really temporary, but we're so afraid of the discomfort that mm. sometimes we don't want to get the answer. And that's how you end up in a relationship that's going nowhere or that, that you have a mismatch and like i talk about the four the four pillars of long term compatibility and if you don't have those four pillars and you know it just staying in the relationship is is awful but it's even worse if you're afraid to ask the question because yes. you're like if i get the answer and it's no right then i have then i have to walk away then i or i have to stay in this thing that i know is not right
0: Right. And it, people don't realize it's like we have to be more in tune with the part of our brain that does the long term thinking, because staying in a relationship that you're not fully invested in, that's so awful. That's such an awful thing to do to another person. And it's a terrible thing to do to yourself. And there's no way that feels good.
1: Yeah. And I, you mentioned the four uh, pillars of, of long term compatibility. I, I did want to talk about that a little bit. So I, I I screenshotted them. So it's common goals for the future, shared values mutual respect and trust and then compatible conflict resolution styles. Do you mm. mind if we go through those four things? I mean, there's I Good I feel stuff. like and I feel like this also intertwines with um your thoughts on most people are looking for a a soulmate or believe that a soulmate exists, so so many other people get knocked out of the running to be their potential partner because of this. When in reality if you looked at these four things, you would have maybe an easier time seeing potential um in multiple pool. people yeah
4: completely yeah i have identified the four biggest dating myths that i see mm. people writing in podcasts about or coming to me for coaching around and the first one is the list myth and for each of these myths there's sort of an anti, there's sort of an antidote and that is mm. the pillar so with the list myth this is you know everything we want. He has to be six feet tall and yeah. he has to make this much money. Yeah. It's tall. Yeah. <laughs> and I do, I do the dating math in the book for you on that. Um, And I know for all the guys listening, they're like, please make all the short Kings are like, thank you. I like this lady. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, the, the flip side of having the list is just beginning with the goals. Mm. Like you were just saying, Hey, what do you even want? Mm-hmm. Short term, long term, what do you want? Right. And we get afraid to ask those questions or to even explore that because we just get caught up in the momentum mm-hmm. and we get caught up in the, the way that we're playing the game. So that's the rules myth. If I, if I do this, he'll do that. If, if she says this, that means that. And it's the game mm-hmm. and pickup artistry. It's the bachelor and mm-hmm. it's the rules and it's all of these things. The the whole book is about all of these stories that we're told and that we that we internalize and we are playing out through our dating lives, whether we realize it or not, again and again and again. And so, the opposite of of going by the rules is to really focus in on the values and the way looking at that from a like a behavioral standpoint mm-hmm. and what someone believes about the world, because you can't build for the future if you're like we completely look at the world in a different way right and then we get into the chemistry myth which is another really big one that's yeah. like i have to feel this i have to get the butterflies oh, that's and anxiety. the the flip side of that <laughs> that's anxiety talking which you know i i talk about at length like in in the book like what what is your body really saying to you what is your central nervous system actually saying is it saying this person reminds you of your ex is it saying this person is bad news is it saying this person is is safe or is it saying that they're not safe Mm. and sometimes we don't know how to read our own internal cues and there are ways that you can tune your internal compass to be better with that but the first step for that is building that pillar of communication and that communication really comes before even the conflict resolution because that comes a little further in but if you're thinking about the soulmate myth forget it like if you're just looking for the perfect person to to walk in to your life and in the perfect package with the perfect life and the perfect look and the perfect everything. It doesn't exist. And if you're chasing that soulmate, then you may not see that person right in front of you. That's an as a great match for you, but you're going to always be questioning, but are they my soulmate? I don't know. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a high level overview of the myths and the pillars. And the trust is just the last thing to build because everything that comes before it, it is part of building that feeling of trust and safety that we were talking about earlier.
0: Right. Yeah. I think, um, you know, when you're on the first date with somebody, the stakes are low cause you're not invested yet. And so I think, do you, would you think that that's a good time to ask the person, like, what do you want in life? I feel like that's a great opportunity to ask the person what they want out of life and to see if you can check, like if you're in alignment right away, regardless of if you have chemistry or not yet, it's like, it's like, I feel like that's not too invasive of an opening question or, or a question on a first
1: date. Yeah, I mean, part of my m- on my list of questions for you is what the hell do you say on a first date? I don't yeah. go on a lot of first dates. We also have like kind of an unorthodox lifestyle, which is why we wanted to have you on. Like, how do you date when you don't just, you know, know a, a hundred comedians yeah. to go through? Yeah. <laughs> Who are hot and funny? <laughs> <laughs> <Like>, what <laughs> That's not normal. So.
4: Yeah, you, you give them punch ups to their jokes and everything. Um, no, it's the, I actually love first dates. First dates are my favorite, but, um, I'm going to give your audience a hot tip right now. Um, uh, we are overstaying our welcome on first dates. Mm, when people tell limits. me, I had a great first date. We started, we had drinks here and then we went to this place. And then we went to that place and then I went to his place. I'm like, mm, doesn't actually sound like a great day. Now, this is all saying, I, I'm saying all of this. My, poor client base are people who want to get in relationships. If you're going to seek out a dating coach, usually you're not just looking to hook up. Like you can, you can find that throw a rock. You'll find it. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you're looking for a relationship, you have to flip your mindset strategically. And you have to start with that, with the goals. If that is your, your goal, Mm -hmm. you're going to date, you're going to approach first dates in a different way. And I like for my clients to only stay for about, 60 to 90 minutes, especially if you're meeting somebody online. Now, if you have a history with them that uh, people will always be like, but Damona, what about this scenario? There's always exceptions. I'm just generally, if you're meeting a stranger, 60 to 90 minutes is enough time to leave the date on a high note. You want to leave the date feeling like it's ending in the middle and to be continued. Mm. And if
0: it's not a great date,
4: you want to leave the date feeling like it's in the middle because you want to get out of there. Okay. It's a (laughs)
0: win-win. Time limits are a win-win.
4: Totally. I say be coming from somewhere and going to somewhere, but to answer your, your question, Christina, I actually got this question on the Drew Barrymore show last week. Somebody said, wait, what can I talk about on first date? Should I be talking about the fact that I want to get married and have kids and all this stuff? And I'm like, why are we, why are we pretending? Right. If somebody is not interested in that, it's better to know up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't, I'm, I don't think you'll scare away somebody that is looking for the same thing that you are. You'll only scare and away a person. Vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. And if you're vulnerable, whether it's that kind of share or something else, whether you're vulnerable, w- w- if you're vulnerable on a first date, usually you'll get a little bit more opening and vulnerability back. And that makes for a more interesting date. I mean, how tired is everybody of the same old interview? And yes. we're really dating by rote, you know? It's like swipe, 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 text, 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 go on the date, and let me run this script. And mm. everybody's bored of it.
0: Um, do you, I, yeah, I'm curious what you tell men, or can you see their swiping history? Because so often I have been on a subway in new york and i just see a guy swiping yes like he has a gun to his head <laughs> and i'm like what the fuck and then <laughs> my my follow up question there is is there a recommended amount of people you suggest a person talk to all at once like, because feel like these these, these dudes are talking questions. to twenty girls. And it's like that's too many, too many. Yeah, that's too many. You're giving yourself choice overload, know. and then you're not giving anybody attention.
1: Yeah, because it's there's when you watch someone swipe yes to everyone, you're like, so you'll just, you're just any just fuck b- anything, any breathing and the woman. A lot. Yeah. yeah, that sucks.
4: Okay, <laughs> let me pull let me pull back the curtain a little bit. Um, because I also have worked behind the scenes at a number of dating apps. I work with Okay Cupid, is their official dating coach. I have worked with Match. I can see, I can see behind the curtain. Yes. And I'll tell you what's going on back there. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, people are hedging their bets. So the reason that you see guys swiping like they have a gun to their head is because they're not swiping. When they're swiping, it's strategic. There's no intention. It's not like, Oh, I'm really attracted to her. I, I love what she said about her cats and her, <laughs> uh, <laughs> interest in comedy. I, you know, they're just, they're just, they get so many no's or ignores or blocks mm. that they are just trying to get as many people in queue as possible. Oh. So they know women swipe a lot more. Uh, They swipe, they swipe right less frequently, far less frequently right. than men do. So they know that the chances are greater if they swipe right on more women, then it will match up when they have a woman that's interested in them. Okay. Then they then they go to the profile. So that's why you'll get oh. a, a match and then an unmatch when you send the message and you start engaging. Mm-hmm. Do I like it? No. And for the longest time, this has actually been the strategy for a lot of my male clients, and I have to talk them out of it. This is one of the reasons why I feel like uh, Hinge has grown in popularity so much over mm-hmm. the last few years because they force you to engage on a particular thing. It's not just swipe, swipe, swipe. It's do you like this photo or do you like this photo? Can you comment on something specific that was said? And those are the kind of engagements that lead to more more interaction and then ultimately get people offline which is what we're all trying to do well yeah. not all There's
0: right so the guys well, just want to see who likes them and yeah. then they'll pick from there it's which a- i i feel like that's
1: a little like distancing yourself from your own vulnerability but i do i do get that i do understand that it's actually a more time uh, i'm not saying time effective. I do. yeah it's like we're spending more time before we uh, as women before we've even made a connection. So it's actually they're working smarter, not harder. I'm going to have to yeah, credit yeah, them yeah. with that in yeah. a way. <laughs> well, I uh, you're, you're right about Hinge. But the little time I've spent on dating apps, Hinge is definitely oh, my true. favorite. Um, And I would judge people like if they were just liking my top photo and that's what they were engaging based mm. on. I knew I wasn't interested in them. They're I knew lazy. they were being lazy. So even if they even if the man's strategy was literally to just scroll to the bottom of the Hinge profile and engage on the last thing, they at least Put one iota more thought into it, and I respected that. And of course, anyone who engaged, That's usually what I do, yeah, anyone who engaged on something <laughs> I said rather than a picture, they moved to the top for yes, me. Yes, and they care about my thoughts. Yeah, and what I was doing was like, uh, I also, uh, I, I. I in the beginning of dating apps, I well, I have a lot of masculine energy. So I was just getting excited, you know, and like over swiping. And then I would be so disappointed with some of these matches. I was like, I would never go on a date with these people. And I was like, well, that's not fair to them. So I really challenged myself to only swipe if I was, if they responded, I would be truly happy to go mm-hmm. on a date with them, not just would go begrudgingly or something like that. And I feel like that made it a lot better again. I haven't spent enough, like a lot of time I did. I got, I had a boyfriend off Raya. So like it is possible, but I've went on like two other dates from dating apps besides that. And they were, I mean, they weren't horrific or anything, but I was completely disinterested in, in those people. Just
4: not. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. We, we put so much pressure on the dating apps because they are the way that people meet today. And so people will be like, well, I don't, I don't like meeting people on dating apps Uh and uh, I'm feeling is, it is, it's like saying, well, I don't, I'm not going to go out to eat anymore because I didn't like that one restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. And the guy brings me the food on the Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Right. I know. <laughs> That's true. But it's really a combination, right? You go out to eat sometimes, you order in sometimes, sure. you make yes. your own food sometimes. And we have to be doing all of those things. But I did want to answer your question about how many people you should be talking to. Yeah. Because I do think there there is a bit of a communication overwhelm that happens, especially this is a shift since I started. Like when I started coaching, it was dating sites. It was before mm. apps. So there wasn't the volume of people or the amount of communication. There was a lot more information on dating profiles in that, in that sure. time. So you could spend a little bit more time, as you were saying, Corinne, like going through the profile and making sure it was a match before now that information is not there. Like Mm. I can, I could look at your profile and be like, cool. I that's worth a swipe, but I can't really know that much about you from your profile. So now all of the screening, I I kind of break it all into phases. So, you know, first is the sourcing and then it's the screening. All of the screening is now happening in the DMs. And that is not a great way to get to know someone because our brains have not developed to be able to really evaluate some what somebody's saying just based on the text alone. Mm -hmm. So we really, I really push people towards getting on the phone, do a video call or getting to the date. I'd say within one week. Yes, Mm -hmm. I agree you can't keep 20, you're right, you can't keep 20 text threads going. It's not realistic. But at the same time, I never want people to put all of their eggs in one basket. So you should be having multiple conversations because a lot of them are not going to materialize. right? But not so many conversations where you're so overwhelmed, you can't keep up with the flow. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, Because
4: timing is really important too. Like if you... Some of some of the apps that your matches will just disappear. Right. It's like you snooze, you lose. Yeah. But other apps, if that that if you're paying for a premium, which is a t- time saver or a time extender, but some of the apps that you can have the conversations ongoing, it, if you don't have that first meeting within the first week. The likelihood that the date is going to actually happen goes down dramatically, mm-hmm. and then you're just going to have a pen pal. Yeah, and we're too we too busy. Need that. For- yeah, mm-hmm.
1: way too busy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mm-hmm. feel like I, I remember. I think I was talking to. I don't know if it was advice I gave on this podcast, but it's like, oh, you know, if you're a busy person, which we we all are. But like ha- pick two nights out of the week or three nights out of the week that you're like, these are my date nights or like one night. This is my date night. That's when I'm going to go on a date with a person. And then just, yeah, I'm a huge fan of just getting to the date right away if you match. But it's also important to have that swiping mentality of like, I would be excited. I would think I would be excited that this person also swiped yes on me. So I would be like giddy and want to immediately grab a drink. Is there anywhere? what are good ideas for first dates and what are bad ideas for first dates? Gun range. No dinner.
3: Eh,
1: <laughs> no. Gun
0: <laughs> range.
3: I love that. <laughs> Gun range.
4: A little bow and arrow. Place. That was kind of fun, actually. Okay, so I like, I have some categories for dates that I I think are fun. Because you should go on a date that you would enjoy, regardless of if that other person was there or not. Good because you have no idea how it's going to go. So I say it's good to have collaboration something like you're playing a game together ah. uh, good to have cardio like i live in la hiking is the thing i know there are rural areas where some of my clients are like wait you told me to go hiking i would never <laughs> okay me first but if it's if it's a place where there's other people out doing something where there's adrenaline a walk a a, a hike or something like that a, you know s- sporting events um collaboration cardio conversation Um. All of these are are good ways to make sure that the pressure isn't just on that that script Mm -hmm. that we were talking about earlier, that you can have other inputs, you can have you can have people watching, you can have a game that you're interacting with. So something like pool is a great first day pool, she said. Bowling is actually not a great day, oh, even though I, love I do love. First why? Date.
1: What's wrong with bowling? I love. Wait, but listen
4: to this. This is the reality of a bowling first date. Stare each other's butts. If it's just the two of you, one person is bowling right, while right, the other right. person is not. There's a lot of talking. So it's the not. great for, Yeah. Pool. And then you can be in closer proximity mm-hmm. to one another. Um, I'm still a fan of of drinks. Well, drink. I'm a fan of dr- go out for drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not so much where you're you're going to make decisions that are not in alignment with your ultimate goals and values, which we were talking about earlier. Um, but it's it's easier to have a rapport, not just because of the alcohol, but because of the body positioning. You go to mm-hmm. dinner, you're sitting across from them, like it's an interview. And then True. how many times have you known from the first 10 minutes? Yeah, like it's yeah, not right. gonna work and yeah. you're like and yeah. like dessert no thank you sure we'd like dessert and you're like please somebody call me yeah. get me out yeah. of this date like mayday <laughs> text under the table look yeah. we have all done it we oh, have all done
0: have we yes it. So, we have
4: we don't want to set ourselves up for that so i say be coming from somewhere and going to somewhere but do something fun and arcade like uh, anything yeah. where like you arcade. can be Yes. Getting into that playful energy and that curiosity and having more to discuss than just the list.
1: Yeah. And what's your, so what is your advice if you are on one of those dates where within the 10 minutes, you know, this is not a match. Do you think that we owe the person 60 minutes out of politeness or is there something that we can do to get out of it immediately? I'm not talking about a situation where we feel unsafe. I'm just feeling a situation where we feel um, not not compatible. You don't owe anyone anything, honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't owe anyone
4: our time. Mm-hmm. Our time is very valuable. It's our most precious, non-renewable resource. Right. We're not getting any more of it. So, how you spend your time really matters. But I also believe in I talk about in *F* the Fairy Tale* empathetic dating. Right. So, if you could just flip and put yourself in that person's shoes, what is enough time where you're not wasting their time, mm-hmm. but they feel like they've at least been seen, heard mm-hmm. and, and been able, been offered the opportunity to connect. Right. If you've done that, that could happen. Like I had one date when I was single, I we got there and it just, it just wasn't a thing. Like 20 minutes in, it was just no. not happening. And he was like, do you want to go? I'm sorry, but I like, is, I, I feel like you want to go. I feel like this isn't a match. And I was like, Thank you. I was so glad. I wish I had been the brave one to say it, but I was so glad because then I was like I have the rest of my evening free. I'm going to go back online, find the next yeah. one for tomorrow night. And and we both saved each other's time because it wasn't going to go anywhere. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's great. It's so funny ironically. I've probably yeah. think that's really sexy. <laughs> yeah. If he said it first I'd be like, "Wow, but that's like, a really now I'm interested. astute observation." you must have a really nice mind. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's Christina. I know. I'm not going to analyze you. Uh, (laughs) Um, What's the worst first date you've ever been on or dates in general, but I, I imagine that the newer ones are go the poorest.
4: Oh my gosh. Well, I've been married for so long. I'm like, what was a bad first date? Um, Oh, well, I did drive a guy home one time who told me that he and his wife were separated. And um turns out if they were separated, I, I don't know why she was on the front lawn. So oh that didn't go so great.
0: Oh, my God. What <laughs> had happened when that what happened? happened? <laughs> what
4: happened? Yeah. You know, we yep. gotta, you got to check dude. references. Things. Yeah, that's good. Cool. <laughs> Oh no, I was like, goodbye. And like, you deal with that. Get out of the car. And that is your problem to deal with. Cause you, you know, if you're, if you're not being honest, that is, that's your own stuff. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. Do you think that was
4: wrong? I mean, to take off.
0: No, 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 I no, no, done no, that no. Immediately. I'd be like, I'm out. Honestly, I, because I'm a comedian. Didn't even stop the car. Yeah. I just booted up. kept going. No, I'm kidding. Well, because <laughs> I was I'm like a stand-up, I'm, I would have stayed around. Yeah, yeah. I'd be very curious. I'm like, what's going on? Here, and I almost want I to enjoy, like yeah, like watching him sit in his lie <laughs> would probably give me a lot of joy. <laughs> look, you don't know who
4: is like concealed carry. You don't True. know what is going on. I, know. I was like,
1: I'm out of here. <laughs> that's That's good. That's wiser.
0: For have, sure.
1: have you seen like, so there's been a lot more like a rise, I feel like in non-traditional dating structure or like non-monogamy. Has that been something that you've had to deal with a little bit more, um, in modern times dating? And like, how do you deal with pairing someone up if they're interested in like ethical non-monogamy or open relationships, that kind of thing? Or are you dealing more with people who want to be monogamous?
4: Most of my clients want to be monogamous. Mm-hmm. I do I do study all of the, the current data and trends and non-monogamy is trending, mm-hmm. especially among Gen Z singles yes. who say um, over 60% say they're open to non-monogamy. But then the reality mm-hmm. is about 4% actually engage in non monogamy so there's a little bit of mismatch yeah between like interesting fantasy versus reality um so i I, but i'm like look whatever you want that's what i try to help people achieve and that's where that authenticity we're talking about comes in Mm -hmm. just being honest about it you are if you are looking for a non-monogamous relationship. That's the kind of thing you do want to say. We were talking about the goals and mm-hmm. goals and values. You should probably say that on the first date. The problem comes in when people like said guy are not right. being transparent about what they're really looking for, or what their situation really is. Mm-hmm. But there's, a, I mean, there's so many apps now also that cater to that specifically. Mm-hmm. So, that would just be my advice to anyone that's in the the non-monogamy community is to not be in a place where you're leaving anybody confused.
1: Right. I think that's like one of the things that I've definitely gotten better at as I've gotten older too. Like in my 20s, I would just be like, if I liked someone's vibe, like it's almost like you don't ask the hard questions because you just want to keep hanging out with their energy. When in my 30s, it's like, I can like your vibe all day, but if we don't have the same wants for the future, if we're not aligned on like our core values, then no matter how much I like your vibe, like we got to cut this short because it's just not going to work out long term and then I'm going to end up falling in love with someone who just doesn't see the world in the way I the way I do at all. And I think that's like a lot of like people yeah, who write into will. our show. Yeah, just like are going off vibe and I'm like what do you even know about each other? Yeah.
4: Yeah, and you you will fall in love with that person because the more time you spend with them, the more uh you know, hormonal release that you have. I'm not saying sexual necessarily, sure. but it could be. But, you know, there is that energetic exchange even from a text we get the adrenaline and endorphins and the dopamine and, and like our bodies are flooded with these neurotransmitters that are telling us fall in love, fall in love, fall in love. You want more of that? Like we're addicted. We're addicted to that feeling. And at some point you have to, you have to look up as addicts, as many, you know, many of my listeners and clients are as love addicts, we need to look up and say, wait, is this what I want? And do I want to be doing this? Do I want to be a love addict for twenty years? Do I want to be like d- doing this roller coaster ride of highs and lows and highs and lows, or do I need to do this a little bit more mindfully? And do I need to put a process around it because it it's it's most times not going to fix itself. In uh, the current dating landscape, we can be nostalgic for the past, like oh, I just wanted to meet somebody in my. In my neighborhood, or at a party, or casually, uh, we have these stories that we we want to come true, Mm -hmm. and they might come true, but they might not. The entire dating world has shifted. The way we do everything in our lives has shifted, and we communicate online and we connect online. So we need to embrace that there are diff. There's a different way to interact in the new dating paradigm. And the quicker that we do that and the clearer we are about how we want to navigate that, the happier we are going to be in the relationships that ultimately unfold short term or long term.
0: Wow. You just changed my perspective about online dating. You sold me on it. That's (laughs) that's not it's not doom and gloom like I kind of assumed it was. Yeah, no, it's just like we the change that we need to administer to this thing that's never going to go away is how we deal with it and how we interact with it. I totally agree. Um, Sex. I was talking talk about sex. Do you have <laughs> like Patty Stanger very famously is like, don't fuck on the first date. Or, no, no, she makes you wait.
1: I forget. And what so her... you have an actual commitment. Like until yeah. the person like, commits to girlfriend. you. Girlfriend. She said you can't have sex um, um, with the person. Yeah. Do
0: you do any advising on that or how like conversational tips or how to like, you know, like with sexual compatibility, sometimes you don't know until you're actually having sex a lot of times, but also there's ways that you can talk about sex and about what you like at a certain time when it's appropriate. And then my follow-up question is like, when is it appropriate? I don't, I don't know. Like I guess if you want to rip each other's clothes off right away, maybe you should talk about what you like and what you don't like. Yeah.
4: I don't have I was gonna say I don't have any hard or fast rules. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh but I don't I don't have any specific rules. I I'm not actually a big rules dating coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like tools. So I will say to my clients, look, there's a lot of consequences to having sex today. Like for real, for real. Mm. Um, particularly for women. And uh, I'm not going to turn this into a political episode. However, there are a lot of consequences for women now. Mm-hmm. So if you are feeling all the vibes and you want to be intimate with someone, but you're not at a point where you feel like you could have any of those serious conversations mm. about the consequences of having sex with that person, then I would say you're probably not ready
0: to have sex with that person. Mm. Mm. Most people have and sex when they're not That's ready. the rule for me. Yeah. Like if you can't have the, totally, when, when was the last totally. time you were tested for STIs? Right. What would you do if I got pregnant and I didn't want the baby? Like I, I don't fuck anybody until I know their right. stance on
1: abortion. <laughs> or I did want the baby. Yeah. Right. So yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah.
0: You're like, I'm going to keep it. And they're like, thank you very much. And
4: good night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but we have to be able to have those adult conversations and, you can get caught up in the vibes all you want. But the reality is, is that there are some serious consequences that we don't, that, that it's not sexy to talk about it, but can we make it sexy? Like, can we talk, can we normalize talking about like being on prep or yeah. can we normalize mm. talking about like, do you know what's sexy though? Is being comfortable about it. That's sexy. Totally.
2: Cause I always totally. tell people like,
4: and, I- and- go ahead. I was going to say also like in terms of asking for consent too. Yeah, yeah, Like
0: yeah. you could totally ask for consent, sexy. But go on, go on. Well, yeah, like I, well, I, the times that I've witnessed people not be insecure about a thing that I would be secure, insecure about if I were them. It, and then my, in, it's like my potential insecurity over that thing just vanishes. And I'm like, oh, all we need is an example of like someone to like, if someone starts off a conversation and they're like, hey, um, you know, my sexual health is really important to me. And I wanted to ask, when was the last time you were tested? just like it's not a fucking big deal, then it's like, not only are you comfortable, but that's so hot. When somebody can treat an uncomfortable conversation with ease is so, 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 so sexy.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you do it for like a big broad thing, too. Like I love when an unattractive guy is just like, I'm ugly and I don't care. Like saying something that broad (laughs) is uh, incredible. I'll take my clothes off right now. (laughs) <laughs> Such a smart strategy. It's how Pete Davidson gets all yeah. all of his chicks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like lean I'm, in, baby. I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. Um, the more authentic we can be, and the more, the more, um, the more we can be brave about mm-hmm. asking for what we want, or yes. asking the right questions, the important questions, and just being unapologetically who we are, I think the more so connected we're going to feel.
1: Yeah. Bravery so is so hot.
0: Ugh. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, I think one of the last things I wanted to cover with you is, is bias in dating when it comes to rate, you, you know, race, class, gender. Uh, and you said that you challenge reader uh, people, to, you know, readers of your book to interrogate their race, class and gender biases. And I also want to um, add in there like uh, a, I guess, ableist, like, you know, because some every now and then just like, you know, people write in like, how do I reveal that I'm in a wheelchair? And I'm like, I don't know how I, I'm, I'm, I don't even know the answer to this. So what are your thoughts on interrogating your own biases uh, when it comes to dating?
4: I'm realizing that word interrogate sounds very aggressive. No,
0: I lo- <laughs> I, no, I love interrogate. People, I don't think of it that way. No, but I-, I love the word interrogate because that is it's like brass tacks. Like this is if this means a lot to you fucking make sure that you're cool with what you are putting out there and what you value.
1: Interrogating yourself is great. Interrogating other people on a date, not great. Yeah. Yeah. Interrogating yourself, fine. Okay, fair enough.
0: Fair
4: enough. Yeah, and this actually kind of came up before I wrote the book. I, in uh, June of 2020, I don't know if you remember that time. Yeah. (laughs) I have a vague memory. In the world or in the United States, particularly, but uh, there was a lot of talk about race. Mm -hmm. And one of my matchmaker friends you know we're we're all we all collaborate with one another and um you know share kind of best practices and she asked in this um matchmaker group that I'm part of she was like wait is it racist if my client won't date a particular race Mm -hmm. if they say that that's their preference Mm -hmm. and I was shocked at the number of people in my community the dating and love coach community that were like yeah, it's just their dating preference, and I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. We, you could not do that, like, in your neighborhood, at work, right? To be like, no, no, it's just, my pre- it's just my preference to work with people of my same race. This mm-hmm. is my preference. Mm-hmm. And then I said, why do we get to have a pass for dating, which is extremely important, yeah? Right when we, you know, we 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 have to be in, interrogating our, <laughs> our biases in all of these other areas. So I spoke up and I was like, I, I I think it's actually kind of the definition of racial bias, actually, if you look it up in the dictionary, mm-hmm. like to discriminate against someone based on the color of their skin. So um, I did some videos about it. My editor at the Washington Post, I was working on the Date Lab column. I did that for four years. And um, she was like, can you write a date lab piece about this? Usually date yeah. lab is a matchmaking column where it's like, you know, we, we partner people up and just, he he said, she said, they said, anybody said, mm-hmm. um, but this one, she really, my editor really wanted to dive into how I walk people through that. Cause I don't, I don't let my clients just be like, Oh, I just, just check, just check one, you know, or, or just uncheck that other one. Mm. So I take people through the, the, Old technique of the five whys
0: Mm.
4: to get to the root of, well, why, why do, why do you want to uncheck the box for black? Well, I've just never dated a black guy before. Well, well, why? I, well, I, I never met anyone. Well, why? I just always lived in areas like, and then we, we start unpacking that. Yeah. And whether it's race or class or, you know, I had a hang up on education. Um, Mm. we all have our, our own, thoughts about what that stands for right or what that what that means like oh if they're this race religion culture that means a whole set of values beliefs that means that we would move through the world in this way together it's it it, we we paint a whole picture that may or may not exist Mm -hmm. and i come from a very diverse background um i come from a black and jewish background and my stepmother is Mexican-American, my sister-in-law is Indian American, like my my Thanksgiving table mm-hmm. looks like the u n yeah, and yeah I love that, and my life is enhanced because I am able to sort of peer into the worlds of other people, sure. and I can love and be loved by people who are different than me. Yeah. and that is something that I think dating can serve a purpose for, because if you are you are seeking connection, love and and you can do that you can sort of interrogate your own beliefs around this through dating it's actually a really it's a much more um it's a more interesting way to have that dialogue with yourself than you know reading a bunch of books on racial bias or class bias or whatever you know it's totally. it's like live it it.
1: Yeah. And that bias, would you also would you or would you not include like something like political views? Because I know that can be really That's polarizing in, in in dating. And I Sometimes am really open to dating people with different political views. And most people aren't It's to the point where they actually got mad at me for doing it as well. So <laughs> and there's been articles written oh. about this too in like the New York Post for about me specifically. Yes. <laughs> Oh, really?
4: Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna go look that up. Um, I I wrote an article actually about it in uh, Washington Post because that's in D.C. It's, it's all politics. Uh, yes. But I have seen in the time that I've been coaching, I have seen politics go from maybe the sixth or seventh most important thing that people are, are right. looking for alignment on to number one or two. They're like, oh, no, I got to get this out of the way. Like, did this person vote for Trump? I need to know right now. Sure. <laughs> and um, I think it's a little bit dangerous to use any of these things as a proxy for Mm. understanding someone's goals and values completely. Mm -hmm. But I'm also I want to make sure I'm being clear. Like, I'm not saying everybody, the next generation, everybody needs to look like me. I'm not saying like everybody needs to be in an interracial relationship. Right. What I'm saying is. Can you use dating as an exploration Mm -hmm. and can you challenge some of these beliefs and these stories that may be deeply ingrained from your family, from your community, from the stories you've seen and read and just see what's out there? Mm. Now, if a client comes to me and says, look, I I used to write for J-Date as well. If a client comes to me and says, Demona, my parents want me to marry someone Jewish Mm. and I want to marry someone Jewish. That is the most important because I have to raise, quote, Jewish kids. Um, I, there's a whole there's a whole conversation we can get into so about totally. the passing of the Jewish money, but we'll say that yeah. for another time. If <laughs> yeah. they say to me, that is the most important thing. I'm not going to say, well, then you should just date a black guy just to piss off your parents. Right, 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 right.
0: That- <laughs> I'd <laughs> say that.
4: But I'm but I'm going to say, OK, let's unpack where those beliefs come from. Is that really your belief? Is that really how you feel I Guarantee it's or not. Is that is that something that's that's maybe not your stuff to carry? And what would happen if you just were open, if you just went through the exploration in the dating process? Mm. It's not a marriage proposal. It's just the dating process. Mm-hmm. But I I see that happening now also with politics and especially with politics. It's so much more subtle and layered. And I think we should be engaging in some of these conversations, but from the perspective of listening, not trying to convince someone, change someone's mind. Sure. Curiosity. Recruit somebody else. <laughs> yeah, for the curiosity and from the learning, like just getting to understand another person's point of view and perspective. Because God knows that on social media, we're not hearing it. And, right. You know, sure. the, the news, we used to be able to consume news that would, give us those alternative points of view. That doesn't exist. So we might as well do it on Tinder instead.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. This it. has been a fantastic conversation. Thank, Thank you, you so much. So where can we find you and where your book comes out January 2nd, right? Is that correct? Yeah. So exciting. Yes. January
4: 2nd. Thank you. Yeah. So it's in bookstores everywhere. Uh, audiobook, ebook and hardcover. Um, you can also find out more about it at F the That's just the letter F. <laughs> and um I'm at at Damona Hoffman on all of the socials and I do the dates and mates podcast every Tuesday for eleven years like clockwork. So amazing. Thank you for having me. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Thanks for being here. Uh this has been Guys We Fucked the Anti-Slot Shaming Podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. Guys We Fucked is presented by Luminary. Created and hosted by Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson. Editing and music coordination by Mike Coscarelli. Theme song by Rob Patterson and Jake Cozen.
0: Suck my wet ass pussy.
1: (laughs) Christina said to cut that before, but now it's in there. Yeah, let's
0: keep it. Okay.
3: I tell you what to do You gotta talk to the workers in the shop with you You gotta build you a union and make it strong Yeah, if we all stick together, it won't be long. We'll get shorter hours Better working conditions Vacations with pay Yeah, we can go to the seashore Quite this simple, I better explain Just why I got to ride on the Union train Cause if you wait for the boss to raise your pay Yeah, we'll all be awake till the Judgment Day Yeah, we'll all be buried And gone to the heavens And old Saint Peter, he'll be the straw boss then Now you know you're underpaid, not boss Speed up the word till you're about to faint You'll be down and out But you ain't beat You can pass out a leaflet And call a meeting You can talk it over And speak your mind And decide To do something about it Yeah You got a union now And you're sitting pretty Put some of the kids on the the boss won't listen when one guy squawks But yeah, they gotta listen when the union talks Oh, they're gonna be, gonna be so lonely When are you going decide to walk on back? Suppose they're working you so hard, it's just outrageous And now they're paying you starvation wages. You step up to the boss, and the boss would yell, before I raise your pay.